Everyone wants more money, but most of us weren't taught how to create an abundant life. That's where the Law of Attraction, Manifesting Success Stories show comes in. If you are ready to have more money, create more freedom, and experience more fun, turn the volume up. It's time to learn how to create the prosperity and life you have been dreaming of. Here's your host, Cassie Parks. Part two of interview number 23 with Jean Andrus, the menopause guru. Jean, what's awesome? What's awesome is um, we've been talking about intention and letting go. And I signed up to run with uh, mutual friend Jill Angie's uh, coaching, running coaching program, um, a Ragnar trail run, which if it's a relay race that goes over the course of about 36 hours in Wisconsin. And I was really excited about it. And every time I've started to run to get ready for it, I have had thing after thing after thing get in the way. So I set the intention today that I'm going to the Ragnar in September, hopefully will be in September, and I'm going to let go of the how. I'm just going to to get up every morning and figure out whether or not today is a running day. And if it is, I'll run. And if it's not, I won't run. And I'm going to just hold on to the intention that I'll be ready. That is awesome, which is continuation from our last episode about letting go. And so today we're going to talk a little bit more about this letting go. And then we're going to talk about trust and inspired action or non-action. Um, and so my first question is how much space is just letting go and trusting like you're going there gonna free up in your life it's gonna free up this it's gonna really let go of like the the push against not being able to do it but how much other like mental space how much space is gonna be opened up from letting go of this a lot it's lately one of the things that's been happening is in terms of getting stuff done I've had a lot of pushback in my own brain and and all. And so I don't get it done. And then I beat myself up for it. And then I settle down to do the work and I don't get it done. And I beat myself up for it. And it goes round and round and round. Um, But the worst is that when I'm not getting it done, I'm also not living my life. Yes. Right. <laughs> Say that again. When you're not getting, not getting it, done, it done, I'm just sitting there not getting it done. Right. Which is, yeah, keep going and talk about what that means, not living your life. So I, I mean, in the last episode, we talked about the fence I'm building. Mm-hmm. So I'm not getting it done. I'm sitting there saying I should write this post for my Facebook or for my blog or for my website or whatever. And I'm not getting it done or I pull up a document and I stare at it and I get mad and I go say, okay, I'm going to play it, play a game on my phone or something. And I'm not getting it done, but the fence isn't getting worked on or the house isn't getting cleaned. And I I know house cleaning is not one of my favorite things, but there are times when I really want to get organizationally, I want to get back into an organizational space that feels good, or I want to I want to get, make a fancy dinner or something, but I'm stuck not getting it done. Right. (laughs) Which means not getting anything done. And it means not living the fun, joyful life that you could be living because you're stuck not getting it done. Right. So if something takes five hours because I'm not getting it done, 
that's an hour that I could have done it right. and four hours that I could have gone and played golf mm-hmm. or an hour when I could have done it and four hours when I could have gone out and trained for the Ragnar. Yeah. <laughs> or just or four hours of being happy, <laughs> right? Like four hours of not beating yourself up, which is exactly, you know, the opposite of happy and confident and joyful and living this cool life that you have created. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. All right. So there's a lot more space to enjoy life, right? Exactly. I love that. And that's going to happen with the Ragnar too, is that instead of being in this loop about not being able to run, you're going to enjoy what you get to do, which is, I'm excited to see how this, because I already know how it's going to play out. I know it's going to be amazing and it's going to open up this whole space because it's even going to, um, open up space in sort of this physical way of not pushing, right? Yeah. And trusting and following inspired action and listening um, to your heart and your body instead of maybe your mind. (laughs) It'll be interesting to see how Jill feels about me not particularly following the training. (laughs) And I mean, the thing, yeah, it'll it'll all be awesome, right? It's going to work though. Yeah. I mean, the like, yeah. We can come back to that. But um, so I want you to tell me, and it was interesting in our last interview, if you all heard of the last interview, which is an interview number 23, uh, I asked you about letting go and what you used to think it meant. And you said you didn't even hear that. So I'm curious, what did you think or did you ever hear trust in sort of the LOA process? Did I hear trust? Yes, I did. What did you think it meant? Or how did you think you were supposed to do it? I, in there, the old saying, trust in the Lord and keep your powder dry, something <laughs> like that. It was an old like civil war kind okay. of thing, where you, you trust oh. that you were going to be okay, but don't get your powder wet so you, you can it. fire your gun. Yeah. <laughs> so that's sort of me, mm-hmm. you know, trust, but, but do it yourself. Oh, so interesting. (laughs) Trust, but do it yourself. And so how did that play into your LOA journey? So I could never experience, I could never, I had to know how it was going to be done. It poses a problem with LOA. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I said we weren't supposed to laugh. Oh, that's right. (laughs) If John starts coughing, it's, we can put it on me. Yeah. So I'm a person who has, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say probably more intellect than the average bear. Yeah. Uh, and so I've always relied on my own thinking things out mm-hmm. and knowing how to do something. And so I'm always thinking about how to keep the powder dry. How to make sure that I was the one who was in control and in charge and knew how it was going to get done. And I had a plan from A to B to C to D. And that just doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's be honest. It just, it's not the way the life works. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard the things that register with me may be different than the things that register with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I register things like um, the people who, uh, that old story of a study about the Harvard graduates where they took a hundred Harvard graduates and the, um, the bottom 
80 of them didn't get anywhere because they had never made any goals. And then the next 18 of them had made goals, but they didn't write them down. And the 2% who made more money than all the rest to put together had written down their goals. So to me, that means you have to write down your goals and your objectives and your SMART goals and your and make a plan and follow the plan and do the plan every day. And when you mess up or when something doesn't happen, because like your plan says, seven people are going to sign up for my services today and one does or six do or none do, you're a failure. And I'm also pretty black and white. So there's either success or there's fail. So doing all that stuff was, that's what I heard. Mm -hmm. Those are the pieces of it that I heard are these really plan driven and success and this is how you measure it and all of that. And if it's on your vision board and it comes true, then you've done it. And if it's on your vision board and you did something that's something like that, but not quite or felt even worse yet, felt even better, but wasn't on your vision board, you didn't succeed. Right. And, which, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, which makes it really hard um, because it's not in LOA. We're trained and we we're working up, we're getting, we're getting ready to kind of piggyback on the last episode for what's coming. So we're getting excited, like things are being created, but when it's all black and white, like this, we talk a lot about stories in the enchanted circle, the story you're telling constantly is it's not happening because if it has to be all or nothing, you're not looking at the evidence. You're not looking at it's happening. You're not getting excited about a person getting on your list and the process of that. You're not getting excited about one person paying, which energetically from an LOA standpoint, like you just, it was sort of like a slam in the face to the person who is paying, right? And who else wants to come join that party when they're, when they are energetically not good enough because they're just one person, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely makes using the law of attraction very difficult. <laughs> very difficult. <laughs> so in, in truth, I really was breaking the law of attraction. <laughs> yeah. And so talk about trust now and what, what does trust mean to you now or how we take it forward? Because I think in a lot of ways we have to learn to let go to trust because we can't trust while still holding on. Because yeah. we're right, you're still keeping your powder dry, and you know, <laughs> you're still worried about, yeah, you're right. still worried about making you making sure that everything is done. And to be honest, it's gonna, st- I'm still gonna struggle with this. This is gonna be the central struggle that I have is, is learning that what I want, what I desire, what means abundance to me will show up in the way that it will make. I think the other thing is you don't, you don't see it. And you said this, you don't see the big things that happen. It was like a couple of years ago, I was like really upset with myself because I wasn't manifesting. I manifested a few clients here and there over the, the course of the year. And I got to the end of the year and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't make any money. And then I looked at some stuff in my financials and realized that my husband had gotten a huge settlement from a car accident. And I had sold a house that 
was completely, it was debt free. So all the money just came right back into my pocket. And basically we were over a hundred grand for the year by significantly. Mm. And it was like, oh, wait a minute. This is abundance. This, you just were trying to control how it would happen. And so trusting to me is, yeah, you got to keep your powder dry. In other words, you need to take the steps, but it's not necessarily going to be the steps that you think you need to take. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily going to be those steps that make anything happen. Right. Yes. It's doing, um, so I think it's doing the process and I want to upgrade this, um, as you'll understand, I can't let this go. I don't think it's going to continue to be, I think you have moved from where it's a struggle to where it's going to be your, your best growth opportunity, right? Which means there's still going to be opportunity to learn and let go mm-hmm. and trust. But I, I do think you've graduated from, it's a struggle to sort of figure it out. And it's a struggle to see that, that trust is possible or see that it's even necessary, right? You see it now and you understand like that, And I actually love the, you gave that very old visual, right? Like trust, but keeping their powder dry is not, it's not controlling a million things about the outcome. It's just literally like, I don't know, putting it in a container. I don't know what they did back then, but like, right. In the stream, (laughs) you you held it over your head when you went through the stream. Right. Which that makes sense. Right. When you come up against something, you just take care of it versus it's, it wasn't like you focused on it all the time. It's just no. when need be, right? Yeah. And so that, I think even you have probably in this moment just even shifted what that means to you, which is what happens, right? Yeah. When we put on new glasses, we see new things. And we might, it doesn't mean we change everything. And it doesn't mean that like, maybe that saying is always going to be, and it's cool because now you have this upgraded version of it. Exactly. Which is awesome. I love it. And I forgot where the next place. So it's going to get where I was going after that, but we'll go back here. It's going to get easier and easier to trust. Exactly. Because then, then you can let go and then you can trust and then you can let go and trust. And then when something shows up, you can celebrate it, which means I can let go sooner next time. Right. Yeah. And you have this amazing fence that is going to be this (laughs) great reminder of what happens when you let go and you trust. Exactly. I love it. So one of the things that we did uh, probably about six weeks ago is we really started this intentional learning of inspired action. Mm -hmm. Um, And you've said it before, you know, it doesn't have to take as long or kind of go through this whole process. And I just think um, I hadn't realized you started reading some of those books in your 20s, which makes sense. So you had been practicing them I mean, you had been practicing trying to force them into working for at least 40 years before we met, right? Well, Um, maybe 35, but 35. Okay. So, but a while, right? Depending on, and so um, that makes total sense why it takes a little bit longer to sort of unwind the thing. And so as we've unwind, unwound those things, we came to this point where it was time to really teach on inspired action versus talk about it. So, um, which I'm always saying like follow inspired action, but I think it is one of those things that you couldn't hear. And so I'd love to hear first, if you heard it like way back when you were trying to do this on your own and what you thought it meant. No, I heard plan. (laughs) I heard what, 
You heard what was in your brain, right? And which is, that's the way our brain works. And you might be able to give a more scientific example of this, but we pull the information that we're, we already have, we use what's already there and we fit new things into it. And I worked in corporate. Mm -hmm. I worked in, um, information technology. Um, so I am, I, I was a nuts and bolts programmer and deep techie geek. So in, in programming, you do things step by step by step and you reach a a break point, you reach a a branching point and you have to have what happens if you do take branch A and what happens if branch B. And so planning all of that out, flow charting it, making it work the way so it doesn't break ever is the way I thought for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. So when people talked about, quote, smart goals, and a goal has to be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound, that's what I thought we were trying to do with goals. And it wasn't actually, I don't know, it was somewhere before we met, but not that long when I realized that there were two things. There was goals Mm -hmm. and goals were visions and big overarching things. I'm abundant. I'm loved. I'm all of these things that I want to be, be, not have, not do, not, but be the person that is that person. And then there are objectives. And those, if you really are, are a person like a programmer, you can make them smart goals, but I, I got to the point where I really wanted to throw those damn things out. Yeah. Stuff, stuff them up somebody's uh, whatever. Right. When, when they would say this and when they would say, you, this is the way you need to do goals. And I, there was a part of me that was learning that that wasn't what you really wanted to do. That, mm-hmm. that was forcing things. Mm-hmm. And so I think I was I think I was ready in a lot of ways when we did finally hook up Mm -hmm. several years ago. It's just that I'm stubborn. Well, I don't know that it's stubborn. It's that there's a lot of neural pathways there. I'm learned. Yeah. Yeah. There's who I learned to be. Yeah. And those, yeah. And if, if those, um, it's interesting that you mentioned smart goals because I definitely did not love those because when I had to do them in my job, my corporate job, like they made zero sense, like, because there was no way to know that six months from now, our company would still be going, like my job would be doing, you know, I did regulatory for different States. Well, if we switched up plans, if someone switched up the plan, I can't execute all of these things in this state that doesn't matter because I need to move over to the next state or I need to do this. And so it made zero sense, but it makes sense in programming. And I think so often, I think that's what happens in the world is we take one, like you said, the Harvard study too. It's like, oh, we got to have goals because these certain people had goals, but no one ever studied what else they did or how they thought, which is what matters more than did they write down a goal? Like, it's like, did they think about it? Did they actually break it down or did they just write it down and say, this is who I'm going to be, right? Nobody thought to study then, but we took that information and we, it got disseminated as this main thing that like, you know, half the world's population and self-development will tell you have to write down your goal. 
right? And make it specific and make it, you know, but, and that makes sense in technology. Like I'm going to execute this amount of coding or this amount of thing and get to this part of that totally makes sense. Whereas when you try and apply it to every corporate job and then in life, it doesn't make sense. Like you're saying, yeah, but you had a lot of, there was, there's a lot of neural pathways where that did make sense in your brain. And so it was just, we just had to create more pathways. I don't even know that it was, I wouldn't even call you stubborn anymore. And that might be true, right? Probably is true because you didn't want to let go, but your brain didn't want to let go for good reason. These were the neural pathways that worked. You know, I, I think there's something else here too. And that is that, and it's me for sure, but it may be a lot of us and especially a lot of us who are in our 50s and 60s, our brains are additive. We don't, we don't throw the old thing out just because we learn something new. It has to, it gets fit into the old model and paradigm so that you, instead of hearing from you, I have to, I have to throw this out. And, and I don't know that you ever, that we've said that as directly as we said in this interview, but Mm -hmm. I hear be your future self and I'm adding it on top of affirmations and smart goals and write your goals down and do your vision board and make sure it's the right model. By the way, my vision board has a T-bird on it, uh, one of the new ones. Mm -hmm. And make sure it's the right mop of T-Bird and the right color of T-Bird because heaven forbid that you get a 2006 instead of a 2005 T-Bird. Or that when it shows that like, oh, it's such a good, I want you to finish and I want to come back to what we miss in that specificity. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so if you get, you know, if, if somebody were to say to me, this, these were those wonderful retro T-Birds that I love. Mm-hmm. If somebody were to say to me, here is a black 2001 T-Bird, and I would feel disappointed because it wasn't the mint green 2005 one that was on my vision board. Mm-hmm. And, or if somebody were to give me that awesome Camaro that I really <laughs> like too, the one that looks like a shark, um, I would would be disappointed because the the thing on my board isn't that. Mm-hmm. And yet, how awesome would it be if that just showed up in my life? <laughs> right? And and what are the pot like if it's the wrong this is what's so interesting is I'm listening and if it's the wrong one why not just sell it and buy the right one? Like <laughs> You know what I mean? Like but it's what gets trapped in our brain, right? Yeah. And it's and it's about getting it right. And it's putting those old things, which is what you had to do as a programmer. So of course you were trying to get it right. And it was just integrating all of this new stuff, right? Yeah. And there is definitely a, in programming, it's there's a right and a wrong. Right. It and either works or it doesn't work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and having go ahead. Having it one time, um, I got something wrong one time. I was writing a, a little routine for mm-hmm. printing cover pages for print jobs. Yeah. And I got something wrong. And I spooled 13 million pages before I caught the error and stopped the job. <laughs> 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 Which fortunately, did I was able to then delete from the kid, the print, actual print. Yeah. This was back in the days of big, big computers and big, big print jobs. But I, I'm sitting here. Yeah. 13 million pages of blank pages would be very, very wrong. Right. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, you get, you have right and wrong. So yeah. 
for me, that was a big thing. And, and I did it, like I said, for 20, 25 years. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's definitely not, it wasn't your stubbornness. <laughs> I mean, they really like, yeah. I, and I think that's a cool thing to be in this moment and be able mm -hmm. to, to really let go. It wasn't that you were fighting me or fighting yourself or these other, like people will say self-sabotaging, like you were just going trying with to what your brain knew. Yeah. You were just trying, trying to, to yeah. Incorporate yeah. it. And, and yet there's, and, and maybe this is something for, for your, co for you to realize as a coach is, is sometimes you really need to say, what are those, what are those things? And you do, I mean, when, when we go through change your money story, it's, it's not change your money story. It's throw out the old freaking money story and mm -hmm. put in a new one. And I think that's true of most of this stuff is, is what are your old stories? Where, or not even what are they, but where do you have, mm -hmm. yeah. where do you have those old stories and let's get rid of them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, let's get rid of them. Yeah. We've definitely learned. I mean, and now there is a spot, right. And you did it the last time you went through. It's like, are you going to, like, I highlight, you shouldn't be doing affirmation. You should let go of anything that you were doing because we're doing it new. And I think I have to say it more than once and I have to remind people, but now up at the beginning, it's like, are you ready to let it all go? Because put down your manifesting to-do list, your affirmation list, your old vision board, your this, your this, your this, your like all these things so that you can have a blank slate and we can create this together. Yeah. And, and we had to do the same thing for business, throw mm -hmm. away yes. all of the other voices in your head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that was when you real, that was a new layer. You were always learning and growing. It's not like you weren't ever doing it. It just looked different. Right. And, yeah. and I think that was a moment where you were like, okay, I get this. Yes. I will throw away all those other voices because they haven't, because they haven't worked. Right. And certainly trying to put them all together. Right. Didn't have <laughs> it's and I should know this because I tell my clients I all the time it's like you can't have a diet that is one from column A and one from column B right. and one from column C. It has to work together. And that means nice. that you can't can't be a vegan paleo pasta eater. Mediterranean. Right. That's a, that's the name of that diet, Mediterranean. You know, you can't do you can't do all three of these things and have it work, even though one or more of those could work on their own. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I love it. All right. So I want to talk a little bit um, because we made, we've kind of, we said this in the last interview, but we got to a place where I could say, all right, we're not, you're not doing anything that isn't inspired. And that was about six weeks ago. So I want you both to go back the same as we've been doing. Like, did you know what inspired action meant? No. I mean, I knew, I knew sometimes that yeah. something felt inspired, that mm -hmm. something felt different, something felt good. Mm -hmm. um, the problem, I think, with that was that then I'd have to make a plan around it. Yep. <laughs> and you are not alone. So for those of you listening, if something felt good and inspired, and then you went and made a plan, part of that is inspired. The plan is not in most <laughs> Most generally, I will say 95% of the time, the plan is not inspired. Sometimes a plan is inspiration. Yeah. And especially when you then like, you get an idea mm -hmm. and the idea is fabulous. Yeah. And then you go and you pull the um, long form sales letter 
template that you have some sitting somewhere on your computer and you start plugging all the numbers, all the, the words into it. You've just taken the inspiration. Out. <laughs> yes. And now how do you know that? Like, what is it? It feels like work. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but if you get up in the morning, and I, I think this is the one that we've, we've been talking about is if you get up in the morning and you say, I need to go down and write this post, or I need to go down and um, send a, send an email to XYZ person or reach out to so-and-so on Facebook and tell them about this, or you say, oh, that, that doesn't feel like inspiration, but it keeps coming back and back and back and it won't go away and it won't leave you alone. And it won't say, um, you can't put it down. Mm -hmm. So for years, I've been writing a novel mm -hmm. and I can't, I can't let her go. Mm -hmm. It's about a little girl and I can't let her go. She right. is part of who I am. And I will tell you, it's taking a while because it is inspired, but it's not constant inspiration. Mm -hmm. So, but she won't let me go, let her go because I know yeah. her story. Right. So for inspired action, like there's a similar thing I've, I'm planning to write this afternoon on cytokines and uh, autoimmune disorders and menopause for my people because there's something going on that they need to know. And I've said, nah, this sounds too science. No, this, <coughs> excuse me. But I feel like I've, I've thought about it for I've thought about what else I could write for five or six days now. And it's just keeps coming back. And it's like, there's someone out there who needs to hear this. Yes. Yeah. So I will, I will write that this afternoon. Mm -hmm. um, for business owners, I'm going to give this sneaky thing that you just said, like there's someone who needs to know it. What I have learned more and more as a entrepreneur and as a business owner is that often inspired action is for just one person. It is just one person who needs to hear it, or it's just the thing that gets the one person to say yes. Mm -hmm. And that it doesn't matter if it wasn't for a hundred, like you need to serve them. And so more and more, um, I'm loving that you are, that's coming to your mind because it's so true. And if we can just learn to serve one at a time, instead of trying to attract millions at a time, like it's a game changer. And it, and mm. it's so fun when that person lands, whether they come six months later and they tell you like, oh yeah, you wrote this one thing and it was just for me. And that's what started the ball. Or you, you put an offer out that you think is going to get a bunch of people and it gets that one. And you realize why they needed that specific random offer that, that no one else responded to. Uh, it's, it builds that trust muscle even more. And it, and it's something you end up really grateful for because you're like, I'm grateful. I trusted me. I'm grateful. Mm -hmm. I shut out all the other noise so that I could serve them. Yeah. Yeah. So one last question is we're kind of wrapping this up, which these two interviews have been amazing and I know are going to help so many people. Um, or just that one. <laughs> yeah. Or just that one. That's right. Just that one person who needs to hear whichever piece, you know, um, non-action, like tell me how you had to do non-action, even though I think you fought it a little bit to get to inspired action. So if you grew up a child of the fifties and sixties with, with parents who are, I mean, I, I had wartime parents, I had world war two parents. So 
um, you you grow, grow up with a work ethic, mm-hmm. and that means you go to work at eight thirty or nine o'clock in the morning, and you finish at four thirty or five o'clock at night. And in those eight hours, you work. And a couple of my favorite, pro, very prolific authors uh, basically say the same thing. You know, you get up in the morning and you go into your your studio and you sit down and you write for eight hours or you write for so many pages or whatever it is. So for me, that idea that I'm not getting anywhere is anathema. It's something that I don't want to, I, I, I don't like to my husband to come home at night and say, how did today go? And me to say, I got nothing done or all I did today was clean house or all I did today was paint fence or all I did today was take the dogs for a walk, um, which is some days the really the only thing I actually accomplished because it's just gone that badly, but I've stared at it. I think we talked about it a few minutes ago about mm-hmm. not, not doing anything. Well, learning to be in non-action allows allows you to do the rest of your life with that non-action time. Mm-hmm. And it's going to change the way you feel about the time you do spend working. But it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard when you come from a, a background and, you know, that's my background. I don't know what everybody else's background is. But for me, that working eight hours a day or 10 hours a day or 12 hours a day back when I was programming, I worked this weird four-day schedule, but I'd often work 12 to 15 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so not doing that is hard. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard because it's hard when you want something right? Because working 15 hours a day, 12 to 15 hours a day in a four-day schedule, it did get you what you want. It got you the paycheck. It it worked for what you wanted, right? Some other stuff may have been lacking, maybe not, but it got you, there was an outcome. And there was also an outcome from a, from a work standpoint. Yes. Honestly, you don't have to be inspired to take care of a database, (laughs) right? (laughs) Because you're not looking for inspiration. Yeah, care and feeding of databases does not, it's like care and feeding of your dog. You just Mm -hmm. put the bowl down. Right? (laughs) Yes. Um, But training a dog is a whole different story. Mm -hmm. You want to train your dog to do agility courses? It's not going to look like that. Right. Um, So, yeah, back and and I couldn't have been inspired for 12 to 15 hours a day. So right. A lot of that had to be, um, you know, putting putting in commands that I knew how to do and repetitive mm-hmm. things. You can't be inspired to help people, to find the words that are going to help somebody through menopause or through fixing the <laughs> law of attraction for them. 12 to 15 hours a day. It just doesn't work because they're not a database. They <laughs> are a database. human, right? Like yeah. a database, like you said, you code, 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 tree, go this way. Do if they choose this, they go this way, but humans don't 
they don't all respond the same way. Not all of your future clients have the exact same thing, right? I mean, we build some things that are similar, but we also build in the other and we allow for inspiration for that one person who needs that one offer. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. I'm excited to see how, what else is going to open up in inspired action in the next month next six weeks. What are you most excited about over the next six to eight weeks? Seeing my fence finish. Yay. (laughs) And one of the things that we've talked about lately is I am at an age where semi-retirement is not out of the, the question for me. So for me, there's, there is more of this, um, what's real life and what's business life. Mm-hmm. And I love, 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 love when I take work with a woman and I find the right plan for her and I help her fit that into her life and she starts flourishing. But just as much, I love it when I flourish. Yes. Yay. I love it. Well, make sure to tell us where someone can find you if they need a menopause survival plan so they can flourish. They can find me on my website at menopause.guru, or if you type in menopauseguru.com, it will just magically transfer you over there or on my Facebook page, which is the same menopause guru. And uh, you can find me there. There's contact forms. Uh, You can private message me through my Facebook page. And if you're questioning what's going on with you, if you're anywhere from 38 to 65 and questioning what your body is doing, please come and talk to me because I probably know. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's awesome. Oh, Jean, thank you so much for sharing this moment in your journey with us. Thank you, Cassie, for, for inviting me to do this. This is so much fun. Yes. And thank you all for listening. Make sure to come back and check out what else is awesome in Jean's next interview. Thank you for joining us on the Law of Attraction, Manifesting Success Stories show. To learn how to identify your current money story, go to identifyyourmoneystory.com.